37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back again to Pixelated Paranormal, episode number 49. Holy shit. Holy shit. We are finally getting to the alien episode, UFO cover-up episode we've been promising for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I think um, there's so much content. We're going to... like a good Hollywood movie, we're going to make it a two-parter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much stuff and like so many rabbit holes. We're not going to cover it all in just one episode. We're going to make this a two-parter. And so this is going to be part one of two episodes. And it may be a bit discombobulated because the next episode is episode 50. And Rob should be back for that with us. And so we're going to go ahead and then call on backup because Preston and I just can't do it alone. So we brought back our returning guest host, Big Steven. What's up, dude? What's up, everybody out there? Not yeah. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Andy. Yes. Andy. I was going to. Andy and I were going to do a cool little thing because he came down to visit for uh, Christmas, and time just wasn't kind to us, and uh, we never could actually sit down and do it. I wanted to have a little little jab at you back and have him uh, have a little guest spot, but it just didn't work out. We saw each other, gave each other a good uh, bro hug embrace, chatted for a few minutes, and he had to get back on the road. But uh, sounds like Andy's just scared to me. <laughs> <laughs> I never even I didn't even I didn't even tell Andy like, hey dude, we should do this. I was gonna spring on him and say, Hey man, you know, give me a quick story, give me a listener story while you're here, but yeah, so I don't even think he was privy to my plan, but <laughs> Yeah, Steve, you're back, man. We had a lot of a lot of really great uh, feedback from you being on the last episode, man, and, and people were asking, and when Steven coming back, that was a really good episode. We really enjoyed that and here you are already. Yeah, man, I'm just waiting for my waiting for my uh, income from the show. <laughs> right, your payout. So you guys get you guys get paid the big bucks. I know, <laughs> fucking meundies dot com yeah. money rolling in, and Casper mattresses money rolling in, and fucking stamps dot com. You guys have been inspiring people to do their own podcast. You guys are on top <laughs> of the world. Yeah, yeah, we're we're just you know three, four, sometimes five guys trying to make a difference. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah what can you do? Yeah. Oh God. Every time I think maybe we should maybe we should look at like uh, MeUndies or something like that, I just feel cringy. Like, oh god, I have two pairs of MeUndies actually, and they are pretty fucking comfortable. So maybe this is an advertisement for them. Maybe Adam and Eve could be a good sponsor. <laughs> that <laughs> there be, you go. That's the one of all the, uh, the the big hitters for podcast advertisements that would mean anything remotely close to our show. We could have a little interjection right after uh, the Rob's sex robot segments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did bring uh, I did bring a new segment. Let me pull that up. You did. Quick. You bring the one. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. We'll we'll talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> we Rob's might as well jump. Excited. We might as well jump into it at that point then, because you know I was going to ask how everybody's doing, but I'm sure I don't give a shit. Oh. <laughs> Preston, get me some cricket sound effects, would you? <laughs> cool, man. Well, yeah, we'll uh, we'll let you jump up with uh, the first news story, Steve. You got something? Uh... All right, yeah. This is uh, oh my god. I'm watching the video. It's just so funny. Okay, so you know, like when you think of like sex bots and bots that can help people, blah blah. blah um, uh-huh. 
maybe feel a little bit more intimate with their own life and stuff like this. And, you know, they're mostly like, they're lavish. They're like real nice and like everything. Mm -hmm. Well, I came across a video of just imagine like some old plywood, like a hydraulic lift in it and then like some metal (laughs) sheet on it and just making the motion of going up and down and people have maneuvered and put like blankets and pillows and other things and basically made just this thing that's constantly on its knees bobbing its head up and down (laughs) what you choose to do with this with this robot is your own decision (laughs) but it's just the video is hilarious because it's it's literally it's literally what uh let's see Three minutes long, and it's just straight up just showing this, <laughs> this different ways you can put this, this robot in, in your, in your domain. In your domain on your it's dome. Just, yeah. It's just really <laughs> weird. But the tagline's great. Wild and SMH. Dick sucking robots are here. Smiley faces <laughs> and crying faces. Oh, <laughs> it's like the fucking worst. <laughs> so maybe, bad. Maybe like, Andy would... liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Who did? Andy's the only one on the page that liked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. Yeah, yeah, it looks like when you told me about it, you said, yeah, check the Facebook page. You told me what it was. I thought it'd be something like sexy and streamlined and very erotic it like most and it's just too fucking dollar store version ever it's just, it's just two car ramps like <laughs> humping like rabbits up and down up and down it's and it's not sexy it looks like tetanus yeah. <laughs> it looks like you'd buy that and then you'd get to be the first recipient of the you know automated penis because yours got removed because of some infection oh it's creepy. You could do two things. You could do that, or you could probably duct tape a hammer to it and hammer some nails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. the worst. It's the dickinator. Oh, it's it's so gross looking, man. See, yeah, we, you know the dude like he just wanted to get it done as quick as he could and didn't care what it yeah. looked like. Oh. It's like just straight to the point. Like this one would yeah. probably maybe cost like two hundred bucks, where the other ones cost thousands. <laughs> no oh, well, and we know why. You get what you pay for. Yeah. Man. It might not look like a real robot, but it can still suck a dick. <laughs> it's all the same in the dark. Or maybe just pull the skin off. We're not sure. Uh, yeah, it might like be a potato peeler for somebody's Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. Damn. Well, speaking of removing flesh from things, this segue worked out perfect, Steve. A woman died from a flesh-eating bacteria after eating raw oysters. Yeah. A Texas woman, uh, unfortunately, we're not making fun of people dying. That sucks. Um, A woman in Texas died from a flesh-eating bacteria after eating raw oysters during a visit to Louisiana. They just tried to open up a freaking advertisement in the middle of this article. According to Vicki Burquist, who told Lafayette KLFY that her wife and a friend shucked and ate about two dozen oysters before a rash appeared on her legs about... mm, day and a half later, 36 hours. They had purchased the raw oysters at a market in New Orleans in the suburb called West Wego. Berquist thought her wife Janine and LeBlanc had an allergy at first. LeBlanc then experienced a respiratory distress that worsened in oncoming hours. Doctors later diagnosed LeBlanc with vibrosis or vibriosis. Vibrio a type of bacteria can infect people who eat raw or undercooked shellfish, primarily oysters. It can also infect the skin where the brackish water, the river and seawater that, that mixes together, uh, if it hits an open wound. LeBlanc encountered um, 
LeBlanc encountered both of those things on the trip, brackish water and raw oysters. After a 21-day battle with a disease, unfortunately, Miss LeBlanc did pass away on October 15th. So this has been a little while ago. Uh, Berkowitz called her wife bigger than life and now plans to raise awareness about the disease. It's a flesh-eating bacteria. Oh, um, She had severe wounds on her legs from the bacteria, so where she, wherever she was wading in the water, maybe she was you know, actually catching the oysters herself or whatever. But. Ugh. Yeah, that's insane. I thought by reading the article headline at first, the flesh-eating bacteria, you know, ate away at her face and her throat because that's what they lead you to believe with these clickbaity articles. But, <clears throat> man, that is too bad. Um, if you have any pre-existing cuts, they said you should uh, never eat raw food or touch your skin after eating raw food. And especially um, you shouldn't drink a lot of contaminated water because the parasites could get into your bloodstream. And also, if you have any cuts on your body, don't swim in lakes to begin with, especially brackish areas where your rivers meet your uh, your seawater. That's that's too bad. Unfortunate. Damn, that's crazy. Uh, reminds me, uh, one time I was watching uh, TLC where they had like those uh, you know like extreme medical shows. Yeah, and a a guy had eaten a uh, a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. But it had expired by one day. But he's like, no, I really want this garlic loaf, man. So he like made it, but yeah. it, it had a bacteria growing in it. And the bacteria oh. that ended up growing in it was a flesh-eating bacteria. No. And yeah, yeah. And it, it like somehow it had worked its way up into his na- nasal cavity. And it actually ate like out his eye socket. Oh. And like, so he had oh. like a giant hole. Like half his face was gone. Like most of his nose and this like right eye was just a giant gaping hole. Oh, but he yeah. survived. He but, had the yeah. prosthetic, like, uh, Phantom of the Opera piece, right, that he could snap on. Oh, I just watched that video of that dude. It's, like, connected with magnets. Well, like that's a strong different magnets. dude, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Same that's thing. crazy. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. See, that story there was the way I thought this story was going to go. That sucks. Yeah. But I he survived a crazy it, huh? story for you. He survived it. And uh, so, like, uh, they, uh, you know, here in the, the States, people that use contacts, um, yeah. we, we primarily, you know, we don't use uh, tap water really that often to clean our contacts or anything like that. Yeah. But in third world countries, it, it's a, uh, it's a bigger problem. And, uh, they always have to put warnings on, uh, the contacts because uh, you'll have people that don't have access to the sterile, like the cleaning solution. Yeah. So they'll use their tap water, but their tap water, um, their, their, their water system down there is not that great. So it's not filtering out all the bacteria. And so when they go to rinse their contact with the water and they put it in their eye, you're creating an environment um, that's uh, zero oxygen and it causes those amoebas or whatever to grow and then they start eating away at your eyeball. And so you actually yeah. have cases of people get flesh-eating bacteria in their eye a lot in like South America and places like that because they yeah. clean their contacts with the tap water. Ugh. Yeah, they say, yeah. And even here in the States, they say never use never use tap water and never stick it in your mouth. And especially, I mean, I think there's been cases in the U S too. Have there, do you know off the top of your head, Presto? Um, not off the top of my head. I don't. Okay. So. I know definitely third world. Yeah. The, cause when you put contacts in some, even some contact solutions suggest putting a couple of drops of solution in the bowl of the contact and sticking it on your eye because some contacts operate with the, the liquid between your eyeball and the lens actually helps with your magnification or your, uh, you know, your correction. And so they yeah, have the tap water, like you said, tap water, uh, it closes off that. And that, that amoeba just loves to eat just dead crap bacteria. Basically the amoeba eats bacteria and the more it eats, you know, it, 
a byproduct of that is it eats the flesh on your eyeball and the bacteria oh my God. grows on dead flesh. And the bacteria, it's like Pac-Man, dude. The, the bac- Don't the- Google. <laughs> Don't Google. Con- contact. Contacts. Flushing bacteria. Holy shit. That's fucked. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And the amoeba just chases after that bacteria and the bacteria grows in the skin. So it, just, it burrows into your eyeball. It's disgusting, dude. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah. Oh, wretched. So. What's the what's like the most like weird like maybe you didn't see it but maybe you heard about it just like something that might have um, like for instance let me give you an example like I I think I told you Sean about the neighbor I had that she was in a wheelchair yeah with the dog and yeah and like she had two dogs larger dogs and this lady was like all this lady was like always in um you know she she she's a larger lady but she had the motorized cart and she'd go out she'd walk her dogs that way she was still active as much as she could be and like i'd see her because i was like on a very very schedule of my job and i had to take my dog out my dog would see her dogs blah 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 uh so i'd always see her when i go to work yeah yeah it's like in passive didn't really know her know her then like slowly over time like i didn't i didn't see her i was like man i hope nothing happened to her and uh one night i got home from work and there was um there was uh like in Wichita, I don't know if this is everywhere, but in Wichita, our ambulances are are kind of low, so they have first responders for the fire department there in trucks, and um, so they they were over there, and there was this like I don't know what you would call it, like biohazard truck something, and I was like I was like what the hell? And, like I look over, and there's these two dudes, and they're like they're wearing like like a hazmat suit without like the top for their for their head they just had like a uh, one of them protector masks over their face and they had these like long jump you know plastic jumpsuits and i was like i was like what what happened and they were like oh um uh, the the lady that lived here you know she's not here no more and i was like oh that's really sad and like so i thought maybe she passed away you know that she's been in there for some days and unfortunately and then um and as I was walking away, I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, she doesn't have no family, like nothing. Like, what's the, what, like, I was like, are her dogs okay? And then they started like, they were pretty insensitive. They were like, they were like, well, and I'm like, what? And they're like, well, let's just say that they survived because they ate. And I'm like, yeah, you said, what the fuck? Or something like that. You said they used the term that they were well fed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well yeah. fed. It was, it was so crazy. And like, and at first I didn't get it because I never expected to hear that. And then mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. <clears throat> and then like the next week, like it was like, uh, they were like, they didn't just destroy the mobile home. It was like they took out the carpet and like wanted to put a new one in there. And like they were bringing out these carpet and it was like just, just goo gross yeah yeah i was like what in the hell like so hearing this about flesh eating like it's just like oh yeah it's weird what the body will do body will do when when some kind of bacteria or some kind of disease gets in Mm -hmm. or just when a body's just left there for days and days you know it's like yeah it's it's sad too because i mean they're just dogs they don't know any better you know at some Mm -hmm. point they're gonna get hungry enough and be like well she ain't getting up yeah it's oh, crazy. Man. Well, anyway, your listeners are probably like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> no, they're used to this, I think. <laughs> I think they're used to it. Um, dude, you're you're bringing the heat, man. You're making this too easy for me. The next story I have is animal related. <laughs> elderly woman, elderly woman is accused of training her 65 cats 
to steal from neighbors. <laughs> is this real, though? I thought this was a click clickbait article. I don't know. I clicked on it, so now I'm about to bait you. In <laughs> yeah. Columbus, Ohio, an 83-year-old woman was arrested this morning and accused of training dozens of cats to steal jewelry and other valuables from her neighbors, supposedly. The Columbus Police Department opened an investigation on Ruth Gregson and her 65 cats in October after several neighbors reported small objects being stolen from their homes. Hmm. Several victims have been visited by Miss Gregerson's cat before noticing the disappearance of several shiny objects like valuable cutlery and pieces of jewelry. Despite their skepticism, investigators began a surveillance operation and were amazed by what they discovered. According to Columbus Police Chief Kim Jacobs, dozens of cats were constantly coming and going, bringing anything shiny or anything that was shine. Anything that oh anything that shined. Duh. She was like Fagin and Oliver Twist, but she was using cats as thieves instead of children. In less than three hours of surveillance, the detective saw cats bringing home more than a hundred different objects. Upon searching Miss Gregson's house, investigators found six hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of jewelry and precious metal among piles of worthless shiny baubles and trinkets. <laughs> A total of 65 adult cats and 17 kittens were found on the site that had been entrusted to the Columbus Humane Society. Chief Jacob says the elderly woman confessed to training her cats to steal anything the felines had um, to earn their meals. Oh, man. You don't pay no tolls. You don't get no rolls. I don't know, man. That's that's crazy. I thought that I didn't click on it because I was like, this sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, there's like that. There's like that pop, that real popular thing to do. They'd be like, uh, <clears throat> cat lady for the win or whatever, you know, shit like that on Facebook. So I thought yeah, it was one of yeah, those exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's they, crazy though. What a beast. Supposedly she trained them, but yeah, they, she trained them by memory. She would only feed the animals if they brought home valuables or something shiny. The animals had to steal every day in order to survive. Most were voluntarily malnourished, so they would easily gain the neighbor's pity and be allowed inside their houses. According to the Columbus police, Miss Gregson's animals could have stolen from more than 5,000 houses in the area and apartments, and investigators invite possible victims to contact them. Well, See, Greg- <laughs> I don't know. Dude, everywhere that I've been, like my Aunt Sandy, she's she's kind of slow, and she has uh, she has tons of cats, dude. Like, like yeah. I think like eight or nine, and the city is always on her about them cats. How yeah. in the hell – is this lady have this many cats and not have no calls or no? Yeah, that's very true. That's a good point. I I feel like the story has some truth to it, but I have a hard time swallowing sixty five cats. But man, like, but so then these cops just basically set up like a uh, like a sting operation. They were just like watching. Yeah, um, there was a report <laughs> of a. There's been reports of cat burglars. <laughs> <laughs> This is so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. Well, not only that, but like how she's – the way they're talking in this article, she has like this like method to her madness. And she – like could you imagine like I, – I've been in old ladies' houses. There's shit. There's just – there's shit everywhere. Yeah. Like could you uh. imagine with that many cats too? Like how would you have a method to that madness? Like yep. all right, spot, <laughs> spunk, spaz, punk. <laughs> like, just like, number like, one, number two. Number 64. Like, how do you know all their names? And like, like, oh, this one right here, he's really good at 
at uh, still on the brass spoons, but this one over here, he gets he gets the, he gets the gold ones. This one over here has a real taste for diamonds. Like <laughs> Trixie, not only brings me the diamond earrings, but the backs too. <laughs> yeah, she knows. Like, Mama what does can't the cat do? You. Like she just put they just put it in their mouth and walk out with it. I guess. Like, I that's that's what makes sense. Barf it up okay. later. Yeah, if people, if we didn't people see let, how they got let these cats into their house, like I've let a cat in my house before when it was cold out or a dog. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not just like, oh, what's up, dog? And like, let them walk around. Are you missing any DVDs? Yeah, like, let them walk around and shit. No, I'm keeping an eye on them the whole time they're in my house because I don't know if they're going to shit or piss or eat something right. they shouldn't be eating. Yeah. So like, they finally get finally get this like fucking gold spoon and like it's like, all right, thanks for the milk. And he's like walking out this big old fucking spoon in his mouth. Like how does how? That's what I understand. I don't understand how this shit's working. <laughs> Dragging a fucking duffel bag full of your cutlery. <laughs> that's what I like. It says they stole cutlery. Fucking cat's got cat's got a fucking silver butter knife in its mouth, and it's just like, say some, say some. I'll cut a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm real hard. I just, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Cats go hard on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it says while Miss Gregson is the first person in American history to be accused of training cats to steal, this is not the first time an animal has been trained to commit crimes. Back in 2009, a surveillance that caught a monkey stealing hundreds of dollars worth of plants from a Texas nursery came about. Mm -hmm. At the time, the police and store owners had hypothesized that the monkey had been trained to take plants and hand them over a fence to waiting human accomplices. I thought it said police and store owners hypnotized a monkey. (laughs) Uh, in 2013, a Chicago court sentenced a man to five years in prison for training ferrets to steal cell phones from people on the street and on public buses. That is amazing. It's like the movie Beastmaster. He had two pet ferrets. I just don't understand how – teaching a <laughs> ferret how to steal a cell phone. Okay, if you can complete that task, good for you. But how the fuck does a stupid-ass person on a bus get their cell phone stolen by a ferret? Then yep. things are long, they stink, and they're hairy. <laughs> yep, Ain't nothing. <laughs> and you're on, a, you're on a city bus or a subway, and some yeah. long, skinny, and hairy's coming up next to you. <laughs> you better fucking get it, <laughs> get better, it checked out. You better run, boy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't know. That's weird. I I could see you training a cat, but that's a lot of work for 65 cats. Yeah, I just it doesn't make sense to me. Like. I'm, I'm just gonna say it like if you get jacked from a cat or a ferret, you deserve to be jacked <laughs> by a cat or a ferret. Because like, how are you gonna lose your cell phone? Like, I, I mean, I guess this was back in the day. It, it makes more sense. Phones are small as shit now. Back That's in true. the day, they were big and bulky. That's true. And you yeah. see a ferret like wearing a top hat, dancing on his hind legs, carrying a cell phone. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Up. Hello, my honey. <laughs> oh, that that ferret's so cute. Here, he wants to use my phone. Oh, here, let me hand him my razor phone or my Sidekick XL. Get the fuck out of here. My, my Samsung Juke. Remember that thing? The size of a fucking yeah. pack of Winterfresh. Yeah. I had that phone, and it was amazing. We'll go ahead and get on target then with what we wanted to talk about. Um, Preston, go ahead and start it off. So uh, I found a news article last week uh, that uh, talked about Guillermo del Toro, who uh, saw a UFO when he was a young man and made the comment of how crappy and homemade it looked. (laughs) And uh, so I thought, man, that's amazing. Like usually like when people talk about UFOs, they're like all high tech, you know, and they're like, man, it looked like something awful, you know, X-Files. 
And here we have somebody who makes movies for a living and was like literally like, this looks like something from a fucking Ed Wood movie. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Ed Wood. Uh, <laughs> Ed Wood. <laughs> or, or just like, it looks like it should have strings and it's made from cardboard. Like, oh, oh my sucks. God. He's probably um, like, I can make a better UFO than this. Yes. What the uh, shit? Basically, uh, him and a buddy were uh, in Mexico and they had just picked up a pack of suds. And uh, he emphasizes they had not started drinking yet, <laughs> but uh, they were on their way to go stargaze up in the mountains. And as they were driving, they uh, saw this uh, light in the background. Like, they're like, what the fuck is that? So they're like sitting there, like honking the horn, uh-huh. flashing their lights at it. And he said, it's like in a matter of seconds, it seemed like it traveled thousands of feet. And it was just like there. And then they got out and they're like, even though that we were scared, like, holy shit, this is a UFO. He was like, this is the shittiest looking UFO I've ever seen in my whole entire life. (laughs) He's like, I, what? And then they're like, well, let's just, and then they just got in the car and they just left. They're like, what, what happened? I I don't get it. His quote, his quote from the thing, he says, it was a flying saucer. So cliched with lights blinking. It's so sad. I wish I could reveal that they're not what they think they are. They are what you think they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I bet like they're super technologically advanced and they're like, wait, let's just, you know, let's make our ship look like something they're going to recognize. And they watch fucking some like 1960s B movie. <laughs> that, that Ed Wood got them down pretty good. <laughs> got to have That's a little awesome. bit of strings coming off of them. <laughs> fucking earth people. Oh, God. That's, and, he, he, and, and he's that dude's so creative too and like with his yeah like all of his movies like he's he's the original like uh what do you call that in design like where you're your your vision from your head to to the board to the film like that's that's what he wants the monsters to look like oh yeah it's, it's exactly so, what he imagines them to be yeah so like <laughs> so dude obviously has a good imagination and then all of a sudden <laughs> he sees this shitty UFO. He's like, well, if that's what this looks like, then I need to make something better. <laughs> My work will never be that shitty ever from this <laughs> point forward. <laughs> right. Uh, they're going to start paying Del Toro to make their UFOs. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that's a good springboard. We wanted to talk about aliens and UFOs and UFO cover-ups. So um, there's been a lot of stuff lately in the news and that's kind of what postponed us to wait a little while. And the fact that, uh, X-Files came back out. So that's pretty exciting stuff. So yeah, this episode will drop, um, <clears throat> probably right before episode three of the new X-Files series. So perfect timing, but, uh, yeah, we, we saw recently some stuff. This will be our last news story that kind of takes us really straight into the next stuff. We're going to talk about our main show. Um, in the news, there's been a lot of Pentagon talk and a lot of UFO talk. And so it was announced on CNN, former Pentagon UFO official says, we may not be alone. And this was uh, just not too long ago, December 19th is when this article came out. A former Pentagon official who led a recently revealed government program to research potential UFOs said on Monday, the 19th or 18th or whatever it was, that he believes there is evidence of alien life reaching Earth. He says, My personal belief is that there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. Louis Elizondo said during an, interv- during an interview on CNN, A pair of news reports from the New York Times and Politico over the weekend said that the effort 
the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, was begun largely at the behest of then-Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, Democrat Nevada, who helped shore up funding for it after speaking to a friend and political donor who owns an aerospace company and has said he believes in the existence of aliens. And what that long-winded bullshit just means, Preston, is what? So basically, during that time period, um, they siphoned $22 million from uh, uh, the what they call like the black tax or whatever that they use for black ops and things like that, mm-hmm. and secret government programs. And uh, they funded that $22 million to Robert Bigelow Ooh. from Bigelow, uh, what is it? Uh, Bigelow Space? Airspace. Bigelow Airspace. And uh, so in the New York Times article, and they, you know, they go into more detail, they, they talked about how part of that $22 million was to retrofit buildings in the Las Vegas area mm-hmm. because those buildings weren't up the code to hold metallic and other objects that they found from uh, downed UFOs or like crash sites. So right. they actually stated publicly that not only um, was there a secret government program for UFO research, but they publicly stated in an article for the New York Times, we have parts from these UFOs and we gave them to a guy and he had to retrofit buildings – to, to to house them like what the mm. fuck are you doing to these bill are you making them like so they're not leaking radiation or <laughs> right. like lining all the walls with lead 20 22 million fucking dollars okay then yep. uh later on in the article they're they're talking they're like you know we gave bigelow this piece of plastic and we're like we don't know what the hell it is well, i mean we think it's plastic but we need you to figure it out we need you to tell us what type of plastic it is and why the hell it's magnetized and so, you know, they're, they're talking about how they have, you know, just like weird plastics, metals, alloys. And then it's just like nobody gives a shit. Yep. Thanks, yep, exactly. Donald Trump. Everybody's focusing on how crappy our president is when they just talked about disclosure. They just admitted that we've been <laughs> studying this shit and we actually have UFO parts. Right. No, nobody gave a fine monkey's fuck about it. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing, man. Like, we're all so consumed with this reality TV show that's going to be going on for the next four years that they just publicly announced like a 95% admittance to, yeah, there's UFOs and aliens. Because this has been all over the news. It's been over CNN. It's been all over Fox. It's been all over all the big outlets, competing outlets. It's not just one side. It's not just left wing, uh, left wing, right wing. It's been all over the media, everywhere. And this Elizondo dude, he's like singing like a damn canary. So, yeah, they they skimmed off twenty two. You know, was twenty two billion? You say twenty two million? Twenty two million million dollars. Uh, they were they didn't skim it. They were given that money for this this little sanction here. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll give it to you know Rich Uncle Bigelow over here, who's got nothing better to do than you know investigate fucking Skinwalker Ranch and and collect UFO parts. So it's crazy. Be a fun job. Yeah, he had uh, he had stated in the New York Times article that uh, you know in retrospect, if you look at everywhere else in the world, whether it's uh, Russia, China, Germany, Belgium, all mm-hmm. these places that like we're not saying that every single thing that we have is apart from an alien UFO, mm-hmm. but 
as a country, we are so far behind in the space race now. Like we're so far right. behind in this mm-hmm. because of the taboo that we've created around this phenomenon that we had to do something like, you know, the, the Chinese now have better, you know, spacecraft than what we do. The mm-hmm. Russians possibly right. have better spacecraft. Like we are no longer this, this third world power that we used to be like, we're no longer a player in this game. Yeah. And you know, that's the reason why they funded so much money into it. So, yeah. It's it's just like the whole Soviet thing back during the, what was it the Cold War, whenever we were in the midst of the uh, the big space race and we we're trying to you know beat Russia before they got Sputnik up in the air. It's kind of where we're at again. Like we went from being so comfortable being so comfortable being the leader in the race that we just turned around and just I don't know, like, let people surpass us, tortoise in the hair kind of thing. And you, you know, know they talk about uh, Project Paperclip and mm-hmm. how we we stole so much technology from the Nazis and how the Nazis themselves possibly had UFO technology. So it's like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, we've been dealing with the the German stuff for so many years. We're fine. We don't have to worry about it. And we just kind of we just softened ourselves and we just got caught up in you know all that Nazi era ufo bullshit and yep. mm-hmm. now everybody else is surpassing us god yeah. damn it i mean it's it's like simon and garfunkel said why am i so soft in the middle i got a soft little middle we just got lazy and here we are now he told new york times elizondo told new york times that he resigned from the department of uh yeah, he resigned from the department of defense in october in protest over what he was calling excessive secrecy surrounding the program an internal opposition to it after the funding effort ended in 2012. So he was getting pissed off that he was involved in this top secret shit. They were discovering pretty much definitive evidence and people still didn't want to, you know, release it to the, uh, to the public. They didn't want to come clean during all this big disclosure rush, you know, and back when Obama was in office, there was a lot of scuttlebutt about disclosure again. And then it just kind of died. Uh, I remember that. And Stephen and I were talking a little bit about it. And I think you, or maybe it was you and I pressed one of us, two of us, about like, yeah, didn't Obama talk about disclosure and then it's kind of dried up? Yeah, even uh, Clinton and uh, Cl- uh, when she was running for uh, president, uh, yeah, one of, one of her cabinet members uh, said that if she got elected, that he would wholeheartedly, you know, push for disclosure. And I mean, it's been on the tip of everybody's tongue like it's going to happen. And yep. then, I mean, it did. We just nobody gave a shit. Exactly. So. Well, Elizondo said that he if, could, what Steve? I was to say even if they. This quote unquote disclose stuff like they're still not going to give everything. They're just going to give people right. just a taste, right? Like they just right. like they already did. Yeah, I mean, we just had a taste of that, you know. And this isn't a political podcast. Trump just said that you know I'm going to release the disclosure on the JFK assassination, and it was just more redacted crap that you know is tired and it shed no light on anything. It was nothing we didn't already know. So if we got it, we wouldn't get it. You know, what I'm saying like we wouldn't get the full shebang like we want. <laughs> It was a smoking man. so <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So Elizondo said that he wouldn't speak on behalf of the government, but he could strongly imply there was evidence that stopped him from ruling out the possibility that alien aircraft has indeed visited Earth. So what that means is he's pretty sure we've been visited. He says these aircraft, we're going to call them aircraft, are displaying characteristics that are not like anything we currently have in the U.S. inventory or any foreign inventory that we have been aware of thus far. The program sought out to identify what had they had been seeing, pilots and civilians and everything else, either through tools or eyewitness reports, and then the assertion and determination to inform um, 
the assertion and determination if the information was a potential threat to national security. And he says we found out a lot. The former Pentagon official said the I, <laughs> the former fuck me running. The former Pentagon official said they identified anomalous aircraft that were seemingly defying the laws of aerodynamics. Things that don't have any obvious flight services, any propulsion, any kind of wings, anything that show how they could be maneuvering in ways that are possible completely defied any any reason. They had extreme maneuverability beyond what they would submit um, in normal U.S. or, you know, any any uh, international tech. The healthy G-forces of human and any biological beings would have been destroyed by the aerodynamic dances that these things were putting on. They reported that the government UFO study included a pair of videos from pilots remarking on something mysterious they were seeing. One of the pilots, retired Commander David Farver, told CNN that he had witnessed an object that looked like a 40-foot-long tic-tac maneuvering rapidly and changing its direction during a flight in 2004. He said, even though they think it's crazy to spend $22 million to research UFOs, Pilots are continuing to see things they can't identify, and we should probably look into them. Identifying them as UFOs and targeting UFOs to research, that's not really a priority, but that's what's going to happen. Hmm. So that's bizarre in itself, a 40-foot-long tic-tac-shaped object by a commanding pilot. I would like to think they wouldn't be making that kind of shit up, but who knows? There was a a couple of years ago that they uh, there was a report about a like cigar shaped UFO, mm-hmm. and uh, it when it it basically like broke apart and it broke down into um, like smaller UFOs and like almost like uh, drones or whatever, uh-huh. and then like it it made some maneuvers and then it came back together and almost like a transformer made a giant cigar thing oh, wow. and then um shot off into the air and uh, one of uh one of the reporters had made the comment that that it was actually reminded them of, of I can't remember what movie it was but there was a movie that actually had something similar to that where you had a ship and these smaller parts of it broke off and they had like individual fighters and then it got back together mm-hmm. and they were just saying how like maybe that, you know, this technology we we've had around for a while and the government's finding, you know, little ways here and there to kind of right. add it into society so that it doesn't <clears throat> become so, you know, like, Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what that reminds me of a series of toys called sky commanders that had a big, <laughs> big ship and you could, yeah. you clamp it on a wall and put like a little zip line down to like your floor and you could launch little ships off the main ship and it goes and go down. So there you go. There's your useless fact for the day. So yeah, so it's crazy. I, I know that was kind of boring in, in some aspects, but it's kind of interesting when the shit's hitting like Fox news and CNN, it's got to have a little bit of weight to it. Um, the only thing that kind of turns me off a little bit is towards the end of this. I'll, I'll give you the, the Sparks notes here. Um, Elizondo stepped down from the Department of Defense and he went to work for the, quote, to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, which if you weren't keeping notes, guys, that's the company co-founded by former Blink-182 musician Tom DeLong. Crazy bastard. Yeah. Um he says he's pretty stoked about the program and the groundbreaking studies. 
actually speak for themselves. It's silly and counterproductive to politicize the serious scientific questions raised by the work of this program, which was funded on a bipartisan basis, which is true. Um, I think if we want to get anywhere technologically at this point, you should probably at least flirt with the idea that maybe there could be UFOs. And if there are, you should probably implement those into, uh, you know, the tech you have. But then again, we're entering, you know, kind of another uh, cold war here with uh, this nuclear crap we're dealing with, with these two guys who like to argue with each other who has bigger buttons. My button's Mm -hmm. bigger. Mm -hmm. I got my finger on it right now. (laughs) Right. But it's kind of scary because maybe we're playing it safe and we're playing it smart because if you've got a guy, one of our biggest um, enemies who could launch a nuclear war strike supposedly at any minute, it'd be smart to actually study this kind of stuff and identify it and maybe get a finger on it. That way, you know, we're not sitting here waiting for him to move and he's not sitting here waiting for us to move. And then a UFO flies by and, and Kim Jong thinks, Oh, I think that was a U.S. And then he just, you know, starts a huge nuclear war. It might be kind of smart for us to actually pay attention to what the hell is going on. But then again, like with the Nazis, um, if there are UFOs, they wanted to catch them first because whoever catches it and you can reverse engineer it then gets the tech. Or you just, you know, superimpose a bunch of people into walls and <laughs> wreck the Nazi bell. <laughs> Oopsie-daisies. Oopsie-nuggets. Oh, that's awesome. So, well, that was all fun and a little bit too uh, textbooky for me. So we're going to change gears here and get into what we want to get into. And that's um, – Still a real long ass history of U.S. presidents and government cover ups with uh, with crashes and UFOs and aliens and shit like that, right? Yeah. So we're gonna make it into a two parter because there's a lot of stuff about a lot of presidents. But we do ask at this point, um, you might be sitting on a couch with you know a blankie and a cup of hot cocoa or maybe some eggnog with a little bit of brandy, or maybe you're just sitting by your girlfriend named Brandy. You know, shout out to Brady. Um, who knows, but we need you to put your drink down, take your blankie off and we want you to go in the kitchen and we want you to open the cupboard and we want you to pull out the tinfoil and we want you to make a nice pretty hat and we want you to put that tinfoil hat on because some of this shit's kind of cockamamie, but, uh, it's definitely worth a read or worth a listen because as crazy as it might be, there could be some water behind it. So put your tinfoil hats on and join us here. So we're going to travel a little bit back in time because in order to start the, <laughs> in order to start this stuff up we first have to do a quick recap of what happened in Roswell, New Mexico back in 1947. And we're all pretty familiar so I'll give you again the spark notes. Um around June 14th, 1947, a guy named William Brazel, he's like a foreman and a farmer. He's out working the fields at this homestead that he's on. <clears throat> And he notices some weird clusters of debris, like rubber and metal and shit blowing across what he says is a 30-mile-long section of this uh, this ranch. So on July 4th, supposedly, he and his son and his wife travel down there, and they try to gather up some of this material. Because lately in the news, there's been reports of bright lights in the sky and flying saucers and everything else. And this guy has a eureka moment where he thinks, holy shit. This could be one of those saucers. Maybe one of those saucers has crashed. So they run down there, get a bunch of shit, and it's the weirdest material that he's ever seen, that a lot of people have ever seen. It's like this tinfoil that you could wad up in your hand, and then as soon as you let go, the ball unfolds itself and goes back to being flat. 
you couldn't uh, you couldn't freeze it, you couldn't break it, you couldn't catch it on fire. You could hold a lighter to it, and as soon as you take the lighter off, you could touch it, and it's still cool to the touch. It's got weird hieroglyphs carved into it, and it's just some of the most bizarre stuff they've ever come across working out in a field, all the trash and crap they come across. So, um, Shortly after that, on July 7th, Mr. Brazel sees Sheriff Wilcox and kind of whispers and, and kind of you know motions for him to come over. Hey, buddy, come here for a second. And he says, um, we may have found one of them flying discs that crashed out in the field. So, of course, Sheriff Wilcox gets Major Jesse Marcel, and they go down, and they accompany Brazel back to the ranch, and they examine some of this shit. And that's kind of, you know, most of the story that we know. From then on, um, the government comes out, and they first say, uh, yeah, we think one of them UFOs there crashed in this field here, and uh, we're going to go take care of that real quick. And then it's reported that not only is there a ship that crashed, there also are, I think, four alien extraterrestrial bodies in the wreckage. And then like a day after they come out and say, yeah, UFO crashed, the government comes out and says, no, 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 guys. What that actually was is some swamp gas and a hot air balloon. It was a it was a military project here. And uh, nope, that is just crash test dummies. Nothing happened. Nothing to see here, folks. And Bob's your uncle, one of the most famous conspiracies to ever, you know, hit the ether about UFOs and, and everything else comes to be. So on July 8th, the government, the military, they swoop in and they start cleaning shit up, right? They have a press release and they're like, nope, 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 not a UFO, uh, nothing to see here. But what's strange about this is contrary to what they say, You've got a shit ton of military vehicles flying through Roswell that have never been there before. you got a shit ton of eyewitnesses that have come out and said, yeah, we saw bright lights. We heard crashes and everything else. And then to boot, you know, they recovered these bodies. And they have nurses who came forward and said that they were present for autopsies. You even have public statements from none other than Glenn Dennis who is actually conducting the autopsies and the mortuary work of the supposed UFO uh, crash survivors or, you know, non-survivors. And the dude took the time to actually draw pictures, profiles of the alien heads, the fact they have four fingers, no thumbs, and like suction cups on the end of their thumbs. You got a lot of compelling evidence of some weird shit that went down, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So enter... The first president we want to talk about here, none other than Mr. Harry S. Truman, 33rd president of the U.S., and he, boy, held, boy, boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he held office um, from 1945 to 1953, right? And the first UFO conspiracy here is the old body double disappearing act of Harry S. Truman. Have either of you guys ever come across this? Nope. Okay, cool. So, nice. (laughs) Um, It's always been this big thing that presidents knew about UFOs and they just sweep it under the rug and they don't pay any attention to it. Um, One of my favorite presidential conspiracies here is that Harry S. Truman actually had a body double and snuck out in the middle of the night and went down and told Roswell to get those shit together and make sure this shit disappeared quicker than you can imagine. So, recently. A guy came forward, of course, from MUFON, and of course, he doesn't want to give his name, (laughs) but this guy comes forward and says, yeah, my uncle, 
actually was major security for uh, Mr. Truman. And in July of 1947, my uncle supposedly told me that they snuck out in the middle of the night from the White House disguised with press passes in modern plain clothing and drove down to Roswell, New Mexico. And while they were down there, supposedly Truman couldn't have been down there because there were press releases going on and he was making statements and people were taking pictures of him. And that was a body double because shit went so far south in Roswell, the president of the United States had to freaking fly down there and say, listen, you sons of bitches, get your shit figured out because there's too much in the news about a damned UFO crashing and aliens everywhere and we got to fucking fix it. So get your we shit. We can't together. let people know that they're goddamn midgets and uh, <laughs> weather balloons. Right. <laughs> right. Preston, a quick recap. What happened in, in Roswell, really? So what really happened was is that we were uh, using uh, uh, high altitude weather balloons <laughs> to uh, gather measurements for uh, you know what what would happen if there was a possible nuclear war between us and Russia. Mm-hmm. So we need to know like how to detect you know the, the uh, radiation levels of the upper atmospheres and things like that, and how could it affect us? So they had to use these high altitude weather balloons, and uh, you know the only uh, you know way to get up there is uh, you got a little person with the equipment, and uh, so they found some midgets who uh, you know were also lepers or you know some uh, you know dwarfs or whatever, and uh, they had some other diseases, and they were some vagrants, and so they thought you know nobody's going to be missing these these homeless midgets anyways, so let's just throw them up in a balloon and. Something went wrong, and the uh, balloon crashed, and that little disfigured body was none other than a burnt midget. (laughs) It's a charred-up little person, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, in 1947, the president of the United States, Harry S. Truman, takes his personal bodyguard, uh, Mr. Wayne Schnell was his name, and fly down to Roswell, New Mexico, grab these guys by the back of their necks and say, for the love of God, would you get the fucking midgets under control, clean this shit up, and bury it because I'm tired of hearing about it. You're an embarrassment to the U.S. government. Sounds like some drunk history. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Preston's yeah. just keeping that, keeping that midget conspiracy alive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's my favorite That's my favorite early president uh, cover-up is fucking Harry S. Truman gets a body double, sneaks out with his best buddy. It sounds like a really great buddy movie. And <laughs> <laughs> they go cross-country. <laughs> they go down to Mexico. They have to clean up this fucking UFO crash and get all these midgets cleaned up. So good stuff. But it's like a baton race, guys, because Mr. 33 passes the baton on to Mr. 34. Exit Harry S. Truman, kind of boring, but, you know, he's our icebreaker. And enter Dwight D. Eisenhower, 34th president of the U.S. from 1953 to 1961. And old Dwight D., uh, he was open about his beliefs about uh, space travel and UFOs and the potential for life in and outer space. He's a big fan of that. He would go on record to say that he had a lot of uh, faith in the fact that we may not be alone and he wants to look towards the stars. And by God, we're going to try to get a man in outer space one day. Just you freaking watch. Eisenhower apparently made a deal with the devil known as the Plato Pact. Yeah, you guys remember that scene in Men in Black 
where at the very beginning of the movie they're talking about Eisenhower and it shows the Polaroid on the wall of him shaking hands with the gray aliens. And then, he's, and then Will Smith's like, oh, look, you gave that nice alien some flowers. Yes, sir. That's yeah. it. <laughs> All right. That's the Plato pack, dude. So you did know about it. Yeah. So I don't got to talk about it. But we're going to. No, the, the listeners, yeah, they need Yeah, it. they need to know. You need to know that 1953, dear old Uncle Ike signed away your human rights to the devious, deceptive little bastards known as the Gray Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. So a book came out and basically it exposed the idea that in 1953, Eisenhower became president. And before that, supposedly from 1947 through 1952, on record, the U.S. knew about 13 extra extraterrestrial crafts that had been supposedly down and crashed in the U.S. And 65 dead creatures were found inside and one living alien had been recovered. So after old Uncle Ike becomes president, at least 10 more alien UFOs crashed and 26 dead bodies were recovered, plus four living aliens among hundreds of UFO sightings. And that's just in the first year he was president. So that kind of explains why old Uncle Ike turns around and says, yeah, we need to look up at the stars, guys, because we're probably not alone. The dude is fascinated by UFOs. So astronomers start seeing these different cases of large flying objects. And specifically in 1953, three large objects moving towards the Earth were noted by astronomers. And they were really high up in orbit, almost um, on par with the equator. It was really bizarre. One of the first big time we're like, holy shit, what is that out there in outer space? Supposedly, during this time, a group of human extraterrestrials made contact with the American government, identifying themselves as superphysical beings, extraterrestrial in nature, known as the Nordics. Yeah, the tall blondes. The tall blondes. For those of you who don't know, one of the many races of aliens are known as the Nordics, or what are they called, the Swedes? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful... Swedish, porcelain skin, blonde hair, buxom women, broad-shouldered men. Come Blowing to Earth. Blue eyes. Blue, blue yeah, eyes. yeah, just. Boring as fuck. Yeah, just panty dropping, you know. Yeah. Boring, boring to me. <laughs> weird shit. I don't want to see no fucking Thor. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so supposedly we're contacted by the Nordics. And they come forward and they're like, guys, there's a big threat coming your way and you need to be safe and we should protect you and all of this nuclear war that you're doing and all of this threats and killing each other. It's terrible. We want to be your friends and we want to help you. And the only way past this (laughs) this immediate danger is spiritual energy, not atomic energy. So stop. You should just quit. You know, you destroyed everything in World War I. We need you to just pay attention and be loving and blah, 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 blah. So they basically believe that with all this newfound technology of, you know, atom bombs and all that kind of shit, nuclear war, we're going to kill ourselves. We're just on a giant path of self-destruction, right? So they offer this to the Americans and her allies all. They say, we will give you endless spiritual energy and it will be nothing but peace on earth if you can all just agree to stop killing each other, stop further advancements in nuclear weaponry, 
and just learn to love everybody, man. Turn on some Beatles and let everybody get along. And they also said, quit raping Earth and polluting everything, you fucking idiots. And we still haven't learned a lesson. So, good old Uncle Ike says, that sounds like a great idea, Mr. Commander Ashtar. That was his name, Commander Ashtar. And while that's a great idea, I kind of want to know what's in those three UFOs that are hurling towards the Earth. So, you can bend over and go fuck yourself. Go right on back to Sweden, you little creepy blue-eyed bastards. And we're going to see what these other guys have to say. And this is America. Yeah. We don't want peace. We don't want love. We want war, you sons yeah. of bitches. <laughs> so he tells Ashtar to pack up and leave. And these three crafts supposedly meet. And old Uncle Ike meets them. And they're like, hey, what's up, guy? Yeah, those dudes, those Nordics. Yeah, they're pretty cool, too. But uh, you want some bigger fucking guns? And you want to be able to fly at the speed of light? Then you need Fuck this. yeah, we do. This is America. Yeah, and these creepy little gray-skinned reptilian creeps opened up their trench coats and, you know, gave us a bunch of nuclear weapons and, and great new technology and shit like that. And President Ike's like, yeah, fuck the Swedes. This shit's badass. And so, you know, we have all this great uh, technological uh, strides. And then the aliens are like, yeah, this is really great shit, but, you know, what's in it for us? Maybe you should scratch our backs because we're scratching yours. Give us some shroot bucks. (laughs) (laughs) And so Uncle Ike's like, oh, shit, yeah, so sorry for being selfish. What can we do for you? And they're like, how about we make an agreement? We'll call it the Plato Pact. Not Play-Doh, but Plato. So supposedly the Plato Pact was formed in 1953 in the U.S., it was a treaty signed. <laughs> Guys, straighten up your tinfoil hats. The treaty was allowed. <laughs> the treaty was signed, allowing for the U.S. to benefit from advanced alien technology, and the aliens could then benefit from using human DNA to upgrade the genetics of their species and a bunch of other creepy small print that nobody paid attention to. The treaty would permit aliens to abduct American citizens for a limited vivisection so long as they were then replaced unharmed with no memory of the creepy-ass ordeal of being anally probed, sexually assaulted, and forced to have sex with your creepy neighbor that you don't like. The treaty also allowed for the aliens to operate in underground bases on American territories and for the Americans to utilize alien spacecrafts and technology to build bases on the moon and <laughs> and Mars. <laughs> and, CD, and CD players. And CD players, yeah. We also, uh, you know, you let us jerk off a couple extras and store the semen in our spaceships, and we'll give you six-disc CD changers. Damn. And Ike's like, booyah, Grandma. I ain't got to change my uh, crisscross CDs no more. So what about all the people that have been, like, there's been people talking about being abducted, like well, stories of being abducted and, like, Way, way earlier times in, you know, in the history of mankind uh-huh. and like the 20s and 30s and uh-huh. Jack the Ripper days, shit like that. So what about what about that type of stuff? Well, you would think that any agreements made by aliens would be honorable and they'd be like, hey, first time we've ever been here, guys. We just stumbled upon this yeah. an accident. It's not like it was in yeah. the GPS or anything. Or yeah. maybe or maybe they just they're since they are an advanced species, that they know that they could play America like a fucking flute. Well, pretty much. And then on top of that, uh, spoiler alert, this shit happened in some of the other big hard-hitting countries too, apparently. 
you know, well, you got your Nazis, and of course, they had supposed um, destructo rays and the Nazi bell and all these other technologies. And the Wolfenwasser The Wolfenwasser and the Flammenwasser. Um, you have reports of abductions going on in all sorts of places beyond the U.S., of course. So rumor is these gray reptilian creeps we know as the, the grays, simply called the grays, they made these deals all across the world with people. And they're like, yeah, you give us some of yours. Here's some old dusty crap. You know, these are our old uh, <laughs> MS-DOS ran PCs. Just, you know, build a car out of them. We don't really care. We just want to steal your cattle and rape your women. And we're like, that oh, sounds like a fair trade. You can have 100 per day, and we're going to go ahead and need four of those uh, anti-gravitic engines. Hmm. So, yeah, you're exactly right. What the fuck? This happened in 1953, but we have plenty of reports of UFO abductions shortly after – or uh, before that, rather. So um, it's weird. And then if you want to get down into it more, um, underground bases, supposedly we found underground bases. Um, these bases have been uncovered by British television documentary teams. Um, their findings include an international conspiracy between the U.S. and the USSR uncovered by the Cold War. Um, you've got disappearing scientists and murder and intrigue and slave colonies on the moon and Mars, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Woo, my tinfoil hat fell off. Um, so yeah, there's all these weird, uh, documentaries talking about this kind of shit. Um, there's a book called the alternative number three, which they talk about clandestine operations beginning to leak and shit slowly falling apart. Um, so yeah, with all that basically in a nutshell, Dwight D. Eisenhower, I want to be like Ike sold our souls to the devil in exchange for some pretty cool UFO stuff and a bunch of nuclear weapons. Kind of sounds, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it could be. could be. Could be true. Yeah. I mean, you know, like that's something that like, hey, you want this technology. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we want to, I, I just, I just don't understand why mm-hmm. aliens want to abduct us and like do experiments on us, try to figure out like, what are they trying to figure out? Mm-hmm. Like how we work. Like, right. So put a pin in that real quick. Um, the, the idea of why we would sign a pact with aliens, if they could just show up and do whatever the hell they want, basically boils down to the fact that around the 40s and around the 50s, astronomers, astrology, um, you know, we're looking at the stars, we're noticing a lot of shit. Uh, the 1947 UFO crashes, um, 65 UFOs crashes between, you know, the 40s, 1947 and 1952, or whatever the hell those numbers were. Basically, like, they've got a tight ran operation, and all of a sudden people are getting way too fucking lax with it, and Zegbar and Zibzab are fucking crashing UFOs every third Thursday. So basically the idea was that the heat got turned on these aliens because people were getting way too lazy, and they decided to swing down and be like, hey, 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 yeah, you caught us red-handed with our dicks in the cookie jars. Um, Let's make an agreement, because, like, we know we really want your shit, and you kind of want our shit. So sign this paper here, and we'll take your shit, and we'll bring your shit back, and you can have our shit. So the idea was basically that they kind of got caught, and as a way to smooth things over, they came up with this treaty or this pact um, that was ironclad, and it seems so fair that, yeah, you can have a couple people uh, to do your experiments on, but you got to return them without any scars, without any marks, and, uh, you know, wipe their memory so they don't remember it, because that's pretty fair, right? We'll just give them some Ruhypnol. Use lots of lube, aliens. Use lots of lube. You asked why, what's the fascination with um, with humans? And the long-running theory about aliens is that, and it kind of 
Interstellar kind of touch on this just at a little bit, that movie Interstellar. But the idea is that, you know, time, uh, space travel is also time travel and time and space go hand in hand. And the idea is that there's parallel dimensions and we are an echo of another past or the echo of a future. So aliens supposedly are just humans that have fucked themselves into extinction and can no longer go forward with reproduction. And they've, they've basically peaked at their evolution. And the next step is basically just uh, fizzling out into extinction. And if you look at the, the classic gray alien and you think about where aliens supposedly live, um, outer space, outer space is like completely weightless, right? There's zero gravity. So you don't have to have any meat on your bones anymore. You can just be these little husks, little spindly, thin-bodied little creeps, right? So over I find count- this is alien. <laughs> so aliens are basically humans that have evolved into what you're supposed to be when you live in outer space. Just kind of like uh, uh, when you go into a cave and you find you know crickets with eyeballs the size of marbles and fucking moles with tin eyeballs and everything's that, crystal clear with like milky white skin and giant pupils. Like that badass uh, Descent movie. movie so exactly. Good. So aliens have giant oval-shaped eyeballs that are almost too big for their head because outer space is dark and we have to be able to see in the dark so our eyeballs get super big and um, communication becomes evolved into telepathy so we have real small mouths and uh, we don't got to smell anything because space doesn't smell, so we don't have to have noses or ears to hear anymore because we're not speaking out loud and everything's great. And look at us, and then one day, fucking Zib Zab looks in the mirror and he says, "Holy fuck, where's my dick?" And he just realizes they completely just cut off everything, kind of like the splicers in a Bioshock. Like they just couldn't quit cutting on themselves. And really just screwed themselves into extinction. So the idea is, if time is you know, an echo of itself and in itself and itself, you could just go back to Earth 4 and be like, fuck, we need to start mixing our DNA with normal human DNA before we travel to Mars and we can go 50% us, 50% them and make a hybrid baby. And when that baby then grows up, we can mix their DNA DNA uh, with more human DNA. So basically what they're trying to do is devolve themselves back into a human form. So we'll talk more about it um, on the next episode when we get kind of into abductions and whatnot. But that's the general nutshell is that they're fascinated with humans because they got to figure out a way to go back in reverse and fix themselves before they basically hit that wall and all is lost. So they want to get their soul back. They've lost their pretty much yeah. to the universe. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. And then they're like, well, you know, fuck, we need to make some more animals too because where we're from, like we don't need any more animals. So that's why they're taking scalpels and cutting out the eyeballs and buttholes of all our cows. (laughs) (laughs) Supposedly, whatever. It's cool. It's an interesting thing to think about because the greys supposedly are – they're not all human. They're kind of like a human plant byproduct. It's really – we'll talk more about it later because it's just – that gets too convoluted and we could spend an hour just talking about creepy alien shit. But yeah, that's kind of it. That's why they're here supposedly. But I mean just like anything else, you know, you start taking a little bit more than you're supposed to and you start getting sloppy because you know that you've got your thumb, you know, right on the the uh, the humans. So 
At first, yeah, it's real cool. We took an alien and we took a human and we milked them and then we sent them back and they have no idea it happened. And then they got sloppy and you start having, you know, fragmented um, memories and you start being seen and there's reports of seeing aliens and, and everything else. Because after a while when you realize like, yeah, we're way better than the humans, you probably don't give two shits some days. It's Thursday. You got one more day till the weekend. You're like, fuck it. I don't really care. <laughs> and, and you walk through the guy's house. You're trying to do a duck and you see the kid. You're like, booga, 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 little Susie. Go the fuck back to bed. Booga, booga. And then she's like, I saw an alien. And the dad's like, I don't know why my pants are on backwards. <laughs> yeah. And there you go. I always like those uh, abduction stories where somebody's like, and you know, they, I, I felt myself being like lifted off of the bed. And then like, I felt like I was going through the wall and then all of a sudden became solid and then I wasn't moving and it's like my <laughs> head was just hitting it and hitting it. And it's like all of a sudden the wall became like butter and I went through it. And you're just like, man, that alien must have just been hitting the wrong fucking like, oh, shit. fuck this again. Uh. <laughs> no shit. I fucking hate my job. <laughs> Can I go home now? <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, Uncle Ike sold our souls to the devils and then he scooted on out, exit stage left. And cue Mr. Jack himself, JFK, president number 35, with a short tenure of just about two years, 1961, until his unfortunate demise in November of 1963. Did you guys know that JFK was also called Jack? No. Mm -hmm. I, I know that John is a nickname for Jonathan. But why would you give the nickname Jack to a guy named John? I don't know. That's weird. It's like, why would you call, why would you say Dick for Rick or Richard? Right, yeah, never, exactly, yeah. I never understood that either. And the one that's always floored me the most is apparently Benjamin. Another nickname for Benjamin besides Ben is Jim or James. Did you say, hold on, did you, did you say damn it, <laughs> Benjamin? Yes, he did. That's what it sounded like. What? You said Benjamin. Yeah. Say say Benjamin. Oh shit, Benjamin. <laughs> there you Do go. Do you always say it Benjamin? I I've always said it Benjamin. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Benjamin You're an alien. I find it's just alien. Benjamin <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. It's Benjamin. Yeah. This one's Rastafarian. <laughs> hey Benjamin! Benjamin. <laughs> That's funny because I know a dude that has both the name uh, Benjamin and and James. So like that's just weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Supposedly James is the nickname for Benjamin, and then Jim is a nickname for James or Jimmy. I don't know. It's weird. It's another rabbit hole we ain't got time for. So yeah, JFK guys, JFK blown away, but. We should pause that real quick because there's something else I want to talk about. We'll get back to old JFK here in a second. We want to first introduce the sultry stunner herself, Marilyn Monroe. Mm. You got, oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Let's take a minute here to have a moment pause. of silence for Mrs. Monroe. Um, do you guys have any idea how she fits into any of this alien crap? I have no idea. Because she was boinking JFK and stole all of his files in the middle of the night. Harlot. <laughs> Harlot. Oh, man. So Marilyn Monroe, or Miss Norma Jean Mortensen, as she was born, was born June 1st, 1926. And she unfortunately passes away at the end of our story on August 5th, 1962. 
Mrs. Monroe, of course, is iconic for being that buxom blonde bombshell comic relief. Uh, she's an actress, a Hollywood symbol, a sex symbol. Um, she is the first uh, centerfold for Playboy. She grosses over $200 million by the time that she passes away. She's just kind of like this juggernaut, a, a force to be reckoned with, right? Well, Marilyn Monroe and JFK kind of go hand in hand. Because back on February 1962, British actor Peter Lawford and his wife Pat, who happens to be JFK's sister, um, they're friendly with Marilyn Monroe, and they say, Marilyn, you know, Jackie Boy loves Hollywood culture. He loves celebrity and gossip. God knows he's a ladies' man. He loves to look at beautiful women. Um, he's obsessed with actresses, and he really loves himself a good blonde. He won't say no to a brunette or a redhead, but by God, he loves himself a blonde. He's a big fan of yours. You should come to dinner. That would be wonderful. You should come to dinner and meet old Jack. Boy, he probably wouldn't be unfaithful and would just shake your hand and be very appreciative of your company. So that's just what she does. Dinner is at 8 o'clock. She comes rolling in at 9 o'clock because that's what Marilyn does. Besides giving no fucks, she also just comes very late. And she's dressed in her, you know, just dressed to the nines, top to bottom, finishing touches and all. She strolls in. She strolls in and people describe it as the parting of the Red Sea. She walks in the room and everybody stops and everybody gets out of her way and she just struts her stuff. 25 people are just, you know, dividing in half, just hoping to touch her or smell her or stand next to her. And she strolls up magically and she looks at Jack and she's like, well, hello. And he's, of course, just fucking goo goo eyes. And he just says, finally, you're here. And there's a lot of people who are dying to meet you. And then people just swarm her and sniff her and, and grope her and everything else. And she's just like, he, 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 this is the way Hollywood's supposed to go. And so they hit it off really well. And they kind of start falling for each other. And she's like, oh, damn, the president. He's like, ah, oh, damn, a blonde. She gets ready to leave after the night's over. And JFK says, hey, toots, how about getting your digits before you walk away? And she's like, holy shit, this is my in. Cause she had kind of fizzled out a little bit there for a while. And she was in the midst of like, kind of like her big comeback. And so she's like, yeah, sure. Call me maybe. And then he does the next day. JFK calls Marilyn and he's like, Hey girl, Hey, I'm going to Palm Springs on March 24th. You should totally go with me because it's going to be awesome. Lots of parties. And my nagging wife, Jackie won't be there. And I hate her. And you should totally come. And she's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And so they go on this really great weekend getaway and they go hang out with fucking Ben, <laughs> Ben, Bing Crosby and his sweet ass Spanish style home in Palm Springs. And it's all relaxed and they're just boozing, having a great time. And, you know, while they're doing it, she's getting real loose. And then old Jackie boy's just kind of like, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. Hey, check it out. There's probably UFOs and aliens. And if you want to see one, I'll totally show you one. If you show me your boobies. And she's like, deals. And so, like, they totally get it on. And Marilyn Monroe, she gave a few fucks <laughs> for aliens. We know she gave at least one. Um, yeah, so they start exchanging just random bullshit because he's like, yeah, I totally want to get into bed with this girl. And she's like, I think aliens are really neat. Mm. So apparently, you know, they have a great fling and she thinks that she's going to be the new girlfriend. And Jackie boy is like, that was a great weekend. 
Um, it's too bad you're not really first lady material. Anyway, bye. And he kicks her out. And then she gets really pissed off because she's like, damn, I just hung out with you for like a week and totally put out. And now you're just kicking me to the curb. I'll be damned if I end up being just another one of your your lays, a notch on your bedpost, so to speak. So Marilyn, at some point or another, decides to sleep with her brother, Bobby. <laughs> no, no, that's gross. That's incest. She decides to sleep with Jackie Boy's brother, Bobby. And so she's in with two Kennedys because, damn it, she loves his family. There's fucking like nine kids. No, nope, that sounds pedophilic. <laughs> there are nine kids in their family, and all of them are famous, and they're the talk of the town. And she's like, yay, it's my time to become something again. And with the Kennedys, I can be unstoppable. And so she has a thing with Bobby Kennedy, and he's like, this is great. I'm totes getting to nail her as well, and my big brother's going to think I'm so cool. And then whatever it is about Marilyn Monroe, unfortunately, like he gets turned off too. And so she's left in this really sad wake of like the Kennedys don't like me anymore and why the hell won't they talk to me anymore? And this is total bullshit. And unfortunately, on the evening of August 5th, 1962, Marilyn Monroe's housekeeper, Miss Eunice Murray, was staying overnight to help things out because she'd been in kind of a funk lately. And then this housekeeper was there just trying to, you know, make sure she had food to eat and make sure that, uh, you know, she's taking her medicine and help her lift her spirits. Murray wakes up at three o'clock in the morning on August 6th and she's like, man, it's oddly quiet and I got a really bad feeling about this. And so she goes to Marilyn's room and knocks on the door and there's no answer, but the lights are on and she's like, okay, she's probably okay. And then after a little more time, she's like, wait, I don't feel good about this. So like a total badass, Murray shoulders into the door and splinters fly everywhere. And Marilyn Monroe is found unconscious lying on her bed next to um, you know several bottles of medicine. And Dr. Ralph Greer, uh, Greenson comes to the house. And shortly after that, um, they find out that she's dead. He pronounces her dead. And they find out that it's a drug overdose. And the coroner's office says that basically she's had eight milligram percent, which is milligrams per 100 milliliters of solution of chloral hydrate, 4.5 milligrams percent of pentobarbital. And yeah, that's a really bad one. Um, and then furthermore, 13 milligram percent of pentobarbital in her liver, which seems pretty excessive, right? I'm not a doctor. We've been yeah. across this before. I'm no scientist. That seems like a lot of drugs, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. they rule her being um, a suicide or an accidental overdose because of the amount of dosages in her bottle and the amount of pills they find near her. Um, she's prone to anxiety and depression and being upset because she kind of felt like the world's forgetting about her. And she thought she had a second chance because of the Kennedys – and then, unfortunately, she uh, gets snubbed again, and she'd been in and out of mental hospitals off and on, had some psychotic breakdowns. And they're just like, damn it, it finally got to her no matter what we tried. Unfortunately, we lost Marilyn Monroe. But that's not where the story ends, guys, because, damn it, this is about UFOs and aliens. Did either of you guys check out on Netflix Stephen Greer's document, Dr. Stephen Greer's documentary called Unacknowledged? I have it on my list, but I haven't watched it. Okay, um, it's pretty cool. Check it out because there's more to it than what I'm about to talk. About, what I'm about to talk about. But there's a scene on there where he's like, "Yeah, blah blah blah." Marilyn Monroe got killed because of alien conspiracy. Blah blah blah. And so I looked it up, and supposedly there are 
a lot of people coming across saying there's this famous letter and the letter is like a, I guess you'd say a script of a phone conversation from a CIA wiretapping of a telephone conversation between hit journalist from, you know, Marilyn Monroe's time, Dorothy Killiger or Kilgallen, sorry, damn, Dorothy Kilgallen and her close friend Howard Rothberg, who was kind of like a big uh, celebrity gossip guy and photojournalist and antique dealer who kind of knew everything about Marilyn. And during this conversation, the wiretap basically has Rothberg talking about Marilyn Monroe and the Attorney General Robert Kennedy, old Bobby, and then they talk about old Jackie Jack, JFK, and the shit is really damning and it could cause a lot of upset people because it talks not only about how she slept with um, John F. Kennedy and she slept with Bobby – um, it talks about how she's beginning to kind of attend a lot of parties again, and she's in the inner circle of Hollywood's elite, and she's just got a shit ton of fucking secrets to tell everybody. And if the government doesn't like secrets, by God, nobody does. And so one of the biggest secrets she mentions is, uh, you know, when I was hanging out with President Kennedy in Palm Springs, he told me that there are secret UFO bases um, for the purpose of inspecting things from outer space. And she said uh, JFK also told me that there are some government bases where there's aliens and there have been autopsies and there's actual like living aliens down there being held hostage and there's UFOs and the world should know about it. And then they talk about the attorney general Bobby and complained about the way she's being ignored by the president and Bobby both and she feels snubbed and how – you know, if she's going to give it one more chance because they're not answering her phone calls or answering her letters or answering the door when she shows up in Washington, oh, they're on a boat trip. So she's like, I'm going to basically call JFK and be like, listen, asshole, uh, if you don't, you know, hang out with me some more, I'm going to tell the whole fucking world what happened. Um, there is a threat of a press conference. There are references to bases belonging to the U.S. being hidden in Cuba. And the president, JFK, has a plan to kill Fidel Castro. And there's a diary of secrets hidden somewhere that the newspapers would probably burn down the world with if they got a hold of. Tons of crazy-ass shit, right? So just days before this press conference, Marilyn Monroe is found dead. And so the long-running theory here is that the CIA got a hold of this wiretapping, didn't like the way things were going, and they're like, well, fuck me. We can't just you know get rid of JFK because that's crazy. We'll just silence Marilyn Monroe because, unfortunately, people will believe her because she is a force to be reckoned with and the entire world is in love with her. So what do you do? You get rid of JFK? You kill Marilyn Monroe? Mm, let's go ahead and get rid of the blonde. first. So the conspiracy is that people broke into her mansion – or her apartment or wherever she was living and forced her to overdue on the, uh, the drugs. And that's why she passed away. And that would be why the maid, the, the Butler lady felt like things weren't right because stuff just didn't quite add up, you know? And of course you lock yourself in a room and unfortunately you do what you're going to do. And that's really sad. But, uh, yeah, Marilyn Monroe was killed because she knew too much about aliens and, uh, UFOs, hidden bases and shit. What do you you think that's possible? You think there's truth to that, or you think it's just a bunch of malarkey? Yeah, there's probably some truth to that. So yeah, is it? Yeah, and then they're like, "Well, 
We'll probably need to go ahead and get rid of JFK <laughs> yeah. too. So which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's I, a, yeah. yeah I, I think it could very possibly be true. Yeah, <clears throat> it's it's nuts, man. Because people do some crazy pillow talking. <laughs> right, that's true. People do fucked up shit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. I'll show you this for the aliens. It's, <laughs> it's funny you say that because. You know, JFK, it was no secret he had a bunch of girlfriends, and Jackie Kennedy knew that, and she hated it, and it was terrible, but she just put up with it, right? Well, there's even conspiracies going down rabbit holes that say that Jackie was responsible for some of that, too, and she may have had her fingers in the pie, so to speak. There are conspiracies saying that JFK had no idea about it, but old Bobby Kennedy was threatened by the CIA, and they're like, listen, asshole, your brother couldn't keep his – uh, hands to himself and you can't keep your hands to yourself. So now you got to deal with it. So get rid of her or we get rid of you. And he's like, Oh, fuck me. Right. So yeah. Anyway, we, we unfortunately lost uh, Norma Jean, man. Even, even Elton John wrote a song about her candle in the wind. So yeah, we lost Marilyn Monroe and old Jackie boy Wait, walks that's away not on, for her. What now? Candle in the winds for uh Diana. no, no. No. Right, fact check this shit. Are we about to have a nerd off? Google it. Bro, I could have swore that was that's for Princess Diana. Um Okay, let's see here. Oh, never mind. It was originally written in nineteen seventy three in honor of Marilyn Monroe, who had died eleven years earlier. In nineteen ninety seven, John performed a rewritten version of the song as a tribute to Princess Diana. Okay. This version of the song was released as a single and reached number one in many countries. So that's why I thought it was that. So we're both right. Oh, look at you there. And we both learned something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, had, he had to drop that remix. Remix. <laughs> Shit. Tuesday's all right for fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't we're it Saturday? We're gonna what day is it? Tuesday. That's right, bitch. <laughs> Tuesday. 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 That movie's so fucking good. Man, we about about threw down, dude. We about did the fucking crocodile rock. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, as a slice of uh, irony pie, JFK went down to Dallas in order to kind of smooth things out between some Democratic parties, uh, liberals, that kind of stuff. Um, And unfortunately... We all know at uh, noon 30 on Friday, November 22nd, 1963, while on the trip uh, during a parade, uh, some shots rang out. Mr. JFK was hit once in the back of the head, bullet exiting his throat and pink matter and red mist flying through the air. Uh, He was taken out. He was taken to the Parkland Hospital, treated for uh, medical Injuries and he was pronounced dead half an hour later. So JFK was assassinated. But there's cover ups coming out saying that he was killed because he knew too much about aliens and UFOs, guys. <laughs> Let's bring this car right around where it was going before Marilyn Monroe. That's right, guys. It wasn't actually a case of Lee Harvey Oswald killing him for whatever cockamamie manifesto reason. No, the government had him killed because 10 days before the assassination, 
Kennedy fucking kicked down the door and he's like, by God, I want to know all about UFOs. Is that a good impression? I don't remember what he sounds like. Pretty good. That's not too shabby, right? Sounds more like yeah. the Simpsons guy, but um, yeah, he <laughs> writes a letter and then a second letter. He writes two letters to the CIA and he's just like, fuck, I'm the president. You know, uh, I got some pretty tight lips. I don't tell no secrets. I need to find out what the fuck's going on about these UFOs because we're in the middle of a space race, damn it. I want to put a man on the moon and the fucking USSR uh, is not only trying to kill us, but they're trying to get to the moon fucking faster and trying to smooth things over, which they did. Uh, later on, of course, the space race ended and we became partners, supposedly. And he's like, and on top of that, the fucking USSR is wanting to, you know, shoot missiles at us because they think we're fucking flying these UFOs around and getting too fucking nosy with them. In reality, it's not us. It's fucking aliens. So I need to find out what this is and disclose to the U.S. public that there's fucking UFOs and there's fucking aliens. And, uh, yeah, so give me what you got, bastards. And then he follows it up with another letter saying, uh, dear NASA, I want to find out what's going on. And uh, smooth things over with the Soviets as well. And I want them to help us both figure out who the UFOs are and where the aliens are and blah, blah, blah. Signed, your favorite president. P.S. On the president, do what the fuck I just told you to do. And so 10 days later, the CIA is like, well, it worked with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Let's do it again. And uh, that's the real reason why old JFK got blown away was uh, – Dude knew too much about fucking aliens. And that's the shit we're talking about. Though. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That whole bit there was kind of a Sparks Notes because I spent like three days reading about all this shit. And there's some neat stuff, but yeah, I ain't got time for all that. Ain't no one got time for all that. Uh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's one of the things that, that something like that, that's hard That's hard to grasp because there was so, yeah. much, so much turmoil in that time. Oh, I know. Yeah. And um, definitely. Yep. And there's there's tons more where that came from. But we're going to put a pin in it, man, because it's already been an hour and a half of recording. So we're going to kind of taper off. And, and uh, Preston, you got anything to add to it, man? No. Cool. You want to save the time, save the time traveler stuff? Yeah, let's uh, save the time traveler stuff for next time. And then uh, we'll do the underwater USOs. Ooh, Ooh fancy. A little teaser next there. Time. So. Steve, you got anything to add to these uh, three presidents kind of screwing the pooch? I don't. I just find it interesting. Sorry, I didn't really talk much about it. But no, you're fine. I figured I it's stuff, stuff you hadn't really listened to or heard much about. Yeah. So. Um, and guys, there's tons more shit in there. I mean, I really just kind of got the, the 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 goods out of there. If you have time, you can look it up. There's tons of podcasts and documentaries and books about Roswell. And um, uh, the Plato Pact is there's more to the Plato Pact as well. It's pretty interesting. And of course, Kennedy and Marilyn Monroe. Look that shit up, man. You know, take some time and just Google it. You go down some deep rabbit holes. Brace yourself though, because the Kennedy assassination. There is some nutty shit. It is nuttier than squirrel shit. I guarantee it. You, you know, you, but it makes you wonder though, like <clears throat> why we didn't get the full disclosure on the Kennedy assassination, mm-hmm. why so much of it was redacted, like. Maybe there is some truth that uh, there was some government cover up there for UFO stuff, and they're just not mm-hmm. ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. So that's why they had to redact a bunch of that shit. It could have been, dude. It could have been. It's yeah. hard to say. And the problem with conspiracy theories is like all this shit was fun to read and fun to talk about, but especially with the JFK assassination, there's literally new conspiracies popping up like every day, every month, every week. We've had so much time and the internet is so vast now. Like you could probably sit down and write a new conspiracy every day for a year and 
it would just never end, man. So well, ultimately, we're never going to know. No one's going to tell us. Yeah. Just like disclosure, no one's really going to come out and be like, by the way, guys, there are aliens. So I did some illustration work for this really cool dude um, when I was still in college. And basically, he told me, he's like, yeah, anything you see technology-wise that comes out on the market tomorrow, uh, we've had for 20 years. He's like, touchscreen phones, they were in the 80s. Apple phones, iPhones, they were in the 80s, you know. All this kind of stuff. Flat screen TVs, we've had those since, you know, the late 80s. 3D televisions coming out in like three months. And I'm like, that's dumb. And he's like, yeah, you know, the movies you watch in the cinema that are in 3D, you have TVs that can do that in your own home. And I'm like, that's pretty cockamamie, sir. And then like two months later, we had 3D TVs. So basically the same thing. Any disclosure you get, when you finally get it, it's so old and outdated and and non-important that that's why you just got it. Well, um, it's a good place to put a pause on it, and we'll come back and chat some more about some more uh, government cover-up and stuff like that uh, with some other presidents in our in our history. But, uh, Steve, we wanted to get with you, man, because if somebody loves alien movies more than me, it's probably you. You <laughs> <laughs> love them. And we wanted to uh, kind of get to the whole what you've been watching kind of part of the show. Give us your top five, man. I asked you to try to put together five, your top five alien UFO abduction, all those kind of movies. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to alien movies, like, for what I did for this list is I didn't do, like, the one – like, this is more stuff that's important to me that, like, trips me out. So, right. I mean, obviously, like, E.T., Close Encounters, Close Encounters, third uh, – you know, fourth kind, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Super 8, shit like that. Like, that's all great and the uh-huh. great alien movies. But to me, it's like, I want, like, because, like, I've always said, like, nothing really scares me. I've never experienced anything paranormal, ghosts, and that stuff, or aliens for that fact. Uh-huh. But I think that if something like that happened, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird, but it wouldn't, like, terrify me. Mm-hmm. But, like, an alien abduction, like, that would be pretty, pretty damn terrifying. So, with up. that, yeah, with that, like, these are my favorite, favorite movies. Uh, I'll go from, you know, um, five to one. So Yeah, in uh, no, f- no specific order. You don't have to rate them if you don't want to. If you did, great. Cool. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I rated those uh, things. So uh, number five, uh, these are two newer kind of movies. Uh, I've got, I got two of them on there because it was really hard to pick between the two. Um, the first one being Under the Skin with, um, what's her name? Uh, Speaking of bombshells. Yeah, what's her name? Damn. Scarlett Johansson. Scar- yes, ScarJo, yeah. Ooh, How man, dare you? Sean, right? Sean's Hollywood yeah. crush. Yeah, she's yeah. pretty amazing. And they just they just confirmed a Black Widow movie, so that's cool. Hey, that's pretty um, cool. Let's see. So basically it's about this uh, – the, the movie's like really, really, really extremely artsy. And oh, God, yeah. And not really that much dialogue, really. It's a lot of like yeah. weird music and uh, yeah. weird visuals. If you watch that movie – the way my buddy Seth told me was, and I don't, I think Steve, you kind of tried to like turn the phone off, no distractions, volume yeah. as loud as you can stand it, because that soundtrack is mm-hmm. a, a fucking character in that movie all its own. Like it, yeah. it makes that movie, yeah, for sure. And uh, so basically, it's about this, uh, this, this. When the movie starts out, you're just seeing this lady. She's going driving this like van truck thing around. She's picking up people, giving them rides. And then you're kind of like, is this chick like going to kill this dude or whatever? And then she basically is 
is using these males and there's, she's studying them and the way they act, you know, that's, that's how she lives on earth. And it's just really strange. Uh-huh. So definitely, definitely check out that movie. It's, it's not really that scary. It's just really, really weird. And yeah. Like visual, it's unsettling. Visual. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely. Uh, the next movie is, uh, just straight up alien abduction. This was like a, one of them found footage, you know, shaky cam shit movies, you know? Um, but it's really cool because it takes place in, I think you guys have talked about this, this forest before. It's not the Rendlesham. It, it might be. I can't remember. But, um, there are these kids are like in their car and they come, ac- they come up on, on a tunnel and they get out of their car and at, uh, they come up into the tunnel. They're like, what? Like all the cars are like abandoned and their flashers are going. They go into the tunnel and they actually see, uh, an alien in there similar to what a, a gray would be, just a little taller. Uh-huh. And, um, then they're basically just like chased for a while. Like the, the alien's not given up and wants to abduct them. And, um, and it's just really cool. They go in this like cabin and there's like this, I don't know. It's just like, it's really, really, it's really, really intense. It, I had no end. I like, I was like, this movie's gonna be shit, you know, found for oh, yeah. garbage. Yeah. But it t- turned out to be pretty, it's pretty good. And I believe it's still on Netflix. I'm not entirely sure, but <clears throat> either way, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool and it, it did trip me out a little bit. Uh, number four, in my opinion, is a classic. Um, it's, uh, the movie Signs by M. M. Night Shamalama Ding Dong. Shamalama Nan Nama. When that movie when that movie came out, it was it was before the craze of like YouTube and stuff. So yeah. YouTube might have been there, but we didn't we didn't really get our trailers other than going to the movies. And I never seen a trailer for this movie. I didn't see any trailers on TV because I haven't had TV for so long. But oh, uh, yeah. but I remember it being like read like oh this is a new M Night movie. So when it came out on DVD, I was like okay that's cool. And I saw crop circles on the front. And I knew it had Mel Gibson. I like Mel Gibson and. Um, I watched it and I was just blown away. Like I remember the very first scene where he's the not the first scene, but scene where his daughter's laying in the bed and then she's talking to him. And then like in the background, you can kind of see like a blurry image of like a roof. Yeah. And you see the alien staying up there and then like, he turns around and like it just and then the music like it just totally tripped yep. me out. Yeah. And then um just like everything about that movie, like the way that the paranoia sets in and. Like, I don't know. And then there's like some kind of like spirituality type religious stuff built into it too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's just a really solid movie. And I, I really think that director gets a lot of flack a lot of the time. Yeah. He does make some not great movies, but I ultimately like the way he storytells personally. But that movie is just a killer alien movie. I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. The trailer, um, what got me was it's, it's just kind of like barely kind of nudges you into thinking it's an alien movie than the first trailer hit. And then like towards the end, it's that classic scene where he's in the, the cornfield and it's that fucking cornfield, man. You just see like an alien, like a oh, leg. Yeah. Leg. Yeah. And I'm normally yeah. I, in, in movies like alien movies, horror movies. I'm a creature guy, man. Like show me the monster that makes yeah. it for me. Don't show me an elbow and you know, uh, a toe every once in a while. Like, give me the fucking whole monster. Yeah. But that scene was done so well. Like, you just see a leg, and I every time I watch it, I still jump. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, that sudden that sudden thing where he's on that roof, and then when Joaquin Phoenix is like just so obsessed with watching coverage, he's like inside the little <laughs> inside the little uh, covered Harry closet. Potter's room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> closet under the stairs, and and like you just you just see it like it, like 
it's, when you think about it, you're like, why did we jump at that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It was just so intense and the music and shit. And then, like, you're like, holy shit. Like, and he's wearing his tinfoil hat and shit. It's just, it's just, so, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, just it's just so good, man. It's yeah. so, it's so killer. Um, phenomenal. So the next movie is, uh, Dark Skies. This movie, uh, I remember seeing the trailers for this and I was really, really stoked for it. And I was really worried that they weren't going to show the alien. And just like Sean said, like, it's, it's all the time, like in these movies, like they just like, They'll either sh- they'll barely show it, or they'll wait till the end, and then it'll be like a blurry, like yeah. you know, like ah, we're not gonna show you. Like I hate that shit, but um, yeah, dark dark skies was is really really good. It's about a family that's being uh, visited, and they're kind of trying to guess who the alien wants, kind of thing. Yeah, like, and uh, there's like a twist, and you know, and, and it's just I don't know, it's just really 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 intense. And I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, second one for me is um, VHS two, <sighs> which is which is a hand of their handy cam film footage type anthology. Thing. Yeah, it's an anthology, yeah. kind of like the yeah. ABCs of death and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. So it's like uh, four. I think yeah, four, four, five short little videos, um, all like on like a VHS tape. And there's one where it's, uh, some kids, and this is all f- f- uh, handy cam footage too. Mm-hmm. Um, these kids are at their lake cabin house type thing. Their parents are like, all right, we'll be back. Be good. Blah, blah. blah. And there's like two kids and a dog and, um, they start seeing bright lights, lights cut off. And then they're just like terrorized by some aliens. And <sighs> it's so, it's so like just. Very, Fucked. very intense. <laughs> yeah, it's very intense. Yep. And just the way that they, they handled the, the, the film footage of, um, them actually being abducted. And there's a scene where, like, there's this underwater scene where they think they're going to be safe in the water and there's actually an alien under the water. Like, it, to me, that, that was, that was so cool. Was, no one's ever done that. Yep. I've never seen that. Yep. Like, in a movie <laughs> or anything like that before, like an alien actually getting in water. Yep. And you um, see it, you're like, fuck, it's brilliant because aliens yeah. don't maybe have to breathe air. So yeah. it makes so much fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. But then you have movies like Signs and War of the Worlds where they're allergic to water. Yeah, that's like, true too. They're Preston, so smart. Did you see, have you watched that VHS 2? <laughs> have you watched VHS 2, Preston? No, okay. Yeah, you need to. It's good. Yeah, now, that that one segment is better than like eighty percent of all alien abduction movies, and it's yeah, like a it's fucking so, like ten minute short. Yeah, it's Ugh. so real, and yeah, that's the best thing about it, man. Is that it's so it's so short to the point mm-hmm. where like because you'll get the whole build of like you know like if they're in a movie they'll drag it on and on, and then mm-hmm. it's like the whole twenty minutes that's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's where yeah. it's killer. You're, yeah, you're right. They they drag shit on, and especially found footage. It's drugged on too fucking long and that's maybe that's what was so brilliant about that segment was like you got an hour and a half long alien abduction movie in like 13 minutes or whatever it was yeah yeah, yeah. and it was it is it, the pace is perfect man it's so good vhs yeah. and vhs2 are so good anyway like they're really great yeah they are they are I killer like movies i yeah oh my god <laughs> i really i really want to i hope that we get another one i didn't like viral as much i never but, watched viral i heard bad things about it so yeah but VHS one and two are the shit, oh, yeah, and yeah. the n- number one is no secret. It's probably everybody's fire in the sky. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think we'll ever ever get a movie that is more intense, terrifying, and real as the, as that movie. Yeah, like I I don't think we ever will. And uh, it's it's just it's 
it, it, even, it even holds up today, man. Like that movie was made uh, early '90s, and that abduction scene is just so fucking bizarre and and good for its time, and it's still it's still so so intense. Like, yeah, that's one of those movies where you could advertise it as like the last nine minutes are the most terrifying thing you've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. <laughs> it is true though too, because yeah, it is it's like fucked, the last dude. fifteen minutes of that movie is the is the the meat. Yep. And I remember the first time I saw it on Cinemax, like on a summer afternoon at like two in the afternoon. I fucking cried during that Skinamax. scene. Scared me so much. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a, a summer afternoon at two. It was like more like a, you know, two in the morning when he was up watching something else. And sky, <laughs> the sky came no, on. Yeah. No, I really. I remember like uh, I was watching it. And it was in the summer because I was downstairs fucking drinking Kool-Aid and eating some, like, chicken biscuit crackers or something. And, uh, yeah. And that's what made me love that movie so much is, like, you know, it's not midnight before the softcore comes on, you know. It's it's during the daytime, and the <laughs> Preston gave me a, a double eyebrow raise. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the only movie that's ever that's ever scared me. I've yep. never I've never gotten scared by any other movie. I've yeah. ever watched. The only <clears throat> thing that's come close to that to not really like scare me, but to make me feel uneasy and like sometimes I have to pause, to catch my breath, or make <laughs> remind myself to breathe. And that's Black Mirror. Like that's oh, yeah. the only other thing. Like nothing's ever just made me that uneasy before, and it yep. just still holds up to this day. So crazy. Yeah, dude. We uh, I remember Shayla and I. We were just dating or whatever you call it when you're like boyfriend and girlfriend in, in high school, <laughs> and. uh it's like 2002, 2003, and we watching were watching Skin You're right. We were we were in my basement <laughs> watching porn. No, we were uh, <laughs> no, we were at uh, we were at Best Buy. We were at Best Buy walking um, up to get buy some CDs back when people paid for music, and um, they had like their five dollar movie bin by the registers, you know. And I'm kind of like just like flicking through it. I'm like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Fire in the sky. Got it for like five bucks on DVD, and she's like, what's that? And I'm like, you've never seen it. So I bought it, and then like we ended up watching it at her house, um, in her bedroom, like one evening, and uh, before softcore came on. And um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're at her, at her parents are living room watching TV, and we're in her bedroom watching it. And like I'm trying to be like the macho guy, the macho boyfriend, and that last nine minutes, dude. Like I was fucking. I think I was holding on to her, <laughs> like clenched, clenched fist. On her knee, like oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, it just it fucks me up every time I see it. Just it's just well shot, and the angles are great, and it's just so fucking scary. It's because he got he has like that one eye that's like oh, uncovered, yeah, and it's just moving so fast, and then he's like, ah, ah, and he's like screaming, and then you're just like you can feel the panic and terror, and you're like, holy shit, and then it's like based on a true story, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they knew they had a budget that would allow them exactly nine minutes of creature feature, and they're like, they fucking blew, they spent every penny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. They blew their 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 wad on that movie, man. They blew their wad. <laughs> yep. That's that's a good one, man. So, um, I, I yeah, Fire in the Sky is a good one. My number two, as far as like fucking creepy, I'm surprised you didn't say Communion, dude. I'm surprised Communion. Didn't I did. I didn't because ah. to me, like that movie, I if I would have seen that earlier in my life, okay, yeah, I think it would have made a bigger impact. But like I, like I watched it, and I was like, yeah, it is pretty fucking pretty weird. But yeah, and it's, 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 it's slow burn so, too. Yeah, it's so slow burn and so cheesy. Like yeah, 
that fucking costume of some of them aliens and them insectoids. Like they're just so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep. Yeah. That yeah. was one I watched at like one in the morning with my mom. Lights I'm out. I'm more creeped out by Christopher Walken. Walken. <laughs> in that movie, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Yeah. In that movie. Just because of who he is, more than I am these fucking aliens and oh yeah, bug people and shit. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's one. Of, that's probably what makes that movie really good. Uh, outside of the alien story, is like he's just so weird. And that scene, there's a scene where he's in a bedroom and something is in the house, and he's just, is there something that's there? Yeah. What's that that's <laughs> there? And like the camera is like panning in on his face, and he's just staring at you, and you're like, fuck the aliens, don't touch me, Mister Walken. <laughs> And like when we went to the horror fest and we watched the Dead Zone, yeah, the whole time you can't tell me you weren't thinking of Communion while you were watching his young ass on that always, movie. dude. Yeah, like, I, I kinda, he's just such a creep. I kind of wish Communion would make it on a big screen, but I think I'd be, you know, you and I'd be two of three people that would be watching it. <laughs> Fresh, and you'd probably be the third one. <laughs> or Eric. Yeah, Eric might go watch it too. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, Preston, did you watch Communion? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And I've got the books, man. I picked up Communion. Um, Transformation, which is supposed to be Whitley's sequel. And then I picked up a third one called The Communion Letters, which is like fan letters that wrote into him after communion about, thanks for writing this. I feel like I could tell my story about it, getting abducted by aliens now. And I need to kind of, I might peel that open for our next episode because that might be kind of fun. Get some stories out of that. So, Presto, what are your, what are your alien movies, man, beyond those? Uh,. Co- uh, Prometheus and Covenant mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. because it's like that outer space exploration and mm-hmm. everything's very isolated in those movies. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if they're on the ship, you're in the dead of space uh-huh. and then you're interacting with this foreign species and just that sheer terror of that. And then, like, Prometheus, like, you're exploring this new world, but it's not a new world because it's already had a civilization that's already on there right. and they've done fuck themselves and you're kind of the remnants of that civilization. And so just like that deep history that comes along with that. So I always liked, really like those, um, predator, uh, all time favorite alien movie. <laughs> with a, Get on the chopper. Damn, I love that noise. Steve, so, when you do that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I, I back to Prometheus and, and, uh, Covenant. First off, they should have never named it Alien Covenant. That's fucking stupid. That's what that's what killed that movie, in my opinion. Because too many, yeah, too many people want fucking Alien. Prometheus yeah. is so underrated. Yeah, Covenant is so underrated because they're just they they're in that same universe, but they're just I don't know. They're just like they're so good. Like I remember yeah. watching Covenant and I was like, holy shit! Like. Like just how how it all ties together mm-hmm. and how that mm-hmm. dude was like so messed up and he, you know, like we talk about abductions all the time and aliens research and thing and like when you find the twist you're like what the fuck like yeah. it's just so so damn good yeah. another great movie that just came out recently is Arrival that movie is fucking amazing Arri- yeah Arrival yeah. was good yeah. yeah and that was a real and I was gonna put that on my list but like I said I like to keep my list of like the intense factor. Yeah, like Arrival's yeah. really great. Contact with Jodie Foster is amazing. Uh-huh. Surprised yeah. they haven't yeah. remade that movie yet, um, or any of these like Alien movies. Like I, I don't, I, I'm surprised. Not like Alien, you know, Alien, Alien, but just UFO Alien movies in general. Like yeah. they don't get remakes like a lot of movies do. Like yeah. I'm surprised the thing hasn't be re- been remade yet. Well, technically, the newest rendition of the thing was a remake because the original thing was like a black and white film. 
Oh. And, well, I, I mean, mean, it's Hollywood. They'll remake the remake of the remake. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> a lot of Alien movies really, I mean, War of the Worlds, of course, is a remake of, again, a 60s movie. So I don't really count that too much. But a lot of your Alien movies, you don't get remakes. You get sequels. So, like, yeah. Independence Day, you had a sequel. Ugh. <laughs> I know. And don't forget uh, Cocoon. That's a good Fuck, Yeah, Cocoon. Cocoon's great. And yeah. uh, Cocoon 2. I need to show Shayla. We just watched Cocoon 1 last uh, October for the first time. <laughs> or maybe it was the summer. Wilford Brimley. Yeah. Yeah, like we were saying, like they don't really get remakes. You get like sequels. Yeah, because the a thing prequel. had a sequel or a prequel or whatever, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a prequel because, yeah. Yeah. But we are getting a TV show of Critters. What Fuck up? Yeah, dude. It's going to be <laughs> so awesome. I, I can't believe that. I, I was like, no, this is surely a joke. And I'm like, nope, they're really doing it. That's going to be fucking cool as hell. Yeah, I can't wait, dude. It looked like who who owns the rights to that? I can't remember. I thought it was like Verizon Go or some shit. Sprint. I will bootleg it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bootleg it. So, well, man, my are you pretty much I, I love the Prometheus movies. Press, so those are really good. And I, I kind of agree with Steven in a way like I wish it wasn't promoted as alien covenant alien prometheus like the the big payoff at the end of prometheus was the like the last five minutes you know and then of course um covenant's pretty cool too because it has the next evolution of that uh, those creatures and it's pretty fun so i don't know i'm anxious to see what the third one's going to be but yeah i uh as far as like creepy alien movies i think those are all uh, communion's a good one all the ones you let, you met. Shit, that scared me. The air conditioner. Can you guys see that in my mind? Yeah, yeah, I was like, I didn't know if it was, you had a what's it called open or whatever. Yeah, it's the uh, the heater vent is blowing the curtain open. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it actually like in person. I looked over and thought something is coming in the window. Thought I was being abducted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Communion was fun and and fucking fire in the sky, man. It's a good one. And then we can't forget about the all time best Mars attacks. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not scary. Oh, still a classic. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, uh, we're just on the cusp of two hours of recording. Should we plug shit and get out of here? Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. No, you're fine. I was looking up critters to see who who made that, and uh, there somebody made a critters bounty hunter fan film on on um, YouTube. Really? Yeah. People are like one of my favorite fan films ever. Congrats! Like, oh, I'm gonna check that shit after this. Oh, yeah, dude, do it. But. Yeah, I don't know who's going to make that Critters TV show, but yeah, I mean, dope. the people like actually making it, making it uh, had a pretty solid repertoire. So I've got some faith in it. It was some other kind of like little creature feature thing they were famous for doing. So it'll be pretty good, man. I'm it's called stuck. Critters, Critters, a new binge from Blue Ribbon Content. Yeah. Warner Brothers Television's group digital studio. Yep. That'll be good. Yeah. Blue Ribbon Content for Verizon. <clears throat> yep. Oh, well. well, there'll be a way to rip it off online somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, oh, my God, I'm going to love it. Scarlett Johansson? No, no I wish. Uh, says the critters return to Earth in search of their one, one of their kin who was left behind years ago during an earlier mission. They land in Burbank, California, where they wreak havoc on a group of high schoolers and their families. The creative team behind Zombievers. Oh, that's <laughs> what what yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That fucking did you guys watch that? I bits and pieces of it. Oh, it's it's what was it? It's so critters. It's ridiculous. Zombievers. Zombie oh, no, beavers. Check that out. 
Yeah. That's pretty fun. That's a pretty fun show. And it, it, they're saying that it's not gonna ha- it's not gonna have much CGI. It's gonna be mostly puppeteering. And you have yeah, you can't do a CGI yeah. critter. Yeah, dude. there's yeah. no way. Shit. <laughs> what are they called? Krites? Is that what they're called? Yeah, some stupid shit like that. <laughs> so <laughs> some, some stupid shit like that. Like, I remember at the laser like, quest, like. We were like Critters 4. It's like, they came from space. Now we're bringing them back to space. <laughs> it's like every <laughs> every shitty horror movie always goes to space. Yeah, Leprechaun. Yeah, Leprechaun yeah. 4 yeah. to space. <laughs> fucking Jason X. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I remember uh, Laser Quest good. here in Wichita, a laser tag place. They had a critter, like a full-size like Hollywood uh, critter. And it had like sunglasses on it and shit. And I used to always go in there and be like, I wonder if I could just steal that. If they'd see me steal it. You know, fucking sixth grade me. That's well, fucking neat, though. They don't have that anymore, by the way. Laser Quest. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I check out Blake all the time, and yeah, they don't. No giant critter in there. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, it's fucking weak. So. Check out that link to the past. Oh my god, this is amazing. Oh, the the fan film. No, this link for the uh, uh, horror icons appeared in Cuphead. It's in the it's in the Discord chat. That's cool. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> Discord chat or um, Discord, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and plug some stuff and get out of here, and then we'll come cool. back next episode is episode fifty, so I think we might do some special stuff for that, and then fifty one, we'll come back and and see what else we have about some other presidential stuff, and if it ends up being a flop, we'll just talk about some fucking abductions and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. hell yeah, Steve. What's uh, what do you want to plug, man? Cool. Well, I'll plug my podcast. Uh, it's O Indeed, O-H-H-H-H, four H's, that's right. Uh, Indeed Podcast, you can check us out on iTunes and any other podcasting thing you want to do. Check us out on Facebook as well. Uh, we're currently reformatting our format of our show to come to, come to you big this year. Um, yeah, and we need to start planning for Wichicon. Oh, yeah. Because if we're going to get a table, we should probably do that pretty soon. Okay. Because they're getting ready to get the rest of their um, celebrity guests. There's like three people from Walking Dead coming here, I think. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> really? And, uh, that's neat. I can't, I can't remember who else. There's another person that's coming. It's pretty, pretty big. Um or iconic anyway. So yeah. anyways, yeah, it's going to, it's been pretty sweet. Um, so to, so to start getting the idea of that going on guys, check out which on Facebook. Um, I think our plan is to get, to get a booth and, or like a table and have some stuff set up yeah. and do another panel and our live show or whatever. And it's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That sounds pretty good, s- dude. And so, yeah. And then other than that, check out our Facebook and, uh, guys want a game or anything hit me up look for it. big steven easier place of threes check it out <laughs> nice nice presto what do you got man man i ain't got nothing because steve just did my job for <laughs> that's <me>. true <laughs> nice <laughs> nice well um we also have pixelated sausage that is our buddy mark solo show he talks about all sorts of cool stuff anime books uh comics maybe I forget. anime, anime um, <laughs> movies all sorts of pop culture that he digs and likes and wants to share with you so listen to it the boy has a voice of an angel 
And yeah, he does a lot of work for us behind the scenes. We sure appreciate him. Um, Pixelated Radio is the show that our beloved Robert spends some time in with Mark and sometimes Corey and sometimes Rich. And I think they've got their 150th episode coming up, right? They haven't released it yet. They haven't released it. I don't even think they recorded it. <clears throat> Maybe not. So yeah, I know that's coming up sometime soon. So check that out. Check out my favorite, most favoriteest race car podcast ever, Sports Car Unleashed. If you love NASCAR as much as I do, you should listen to it. Um, you probably love it more than I do, so you should definitely listen to it. But yeah, check them out. They talk about race cars and things that go fast. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. And then as well, you have a beard, you want a beard, you know a beard. Check out BigDobsBeardBalm.com. He's got some great oils and soaps and beard balm to keep your beard or your friend's beard or you know anybody's beard that you know uh, nice and, and moist and uh, yeah, good stuff. And if you use the promo code P-X-L-P-A-R-A, you get 20% off your entire order. So check that out. That's a pretty decent chunk of money he's saving you right there if you check him out and use our little promo code. But yeah, he's got some good stuff. Check Congrats out the classics. To him. He had a good he had a good 2017 with his products. So. Yeah, he did, man. He's blowing up. He is uh he's hitting storefronts awesome. and everything else. So we're really proud of you, Big Dobbs, man. You're steamrolling your way through the cosmetology beard world and we're very proud of you, man. We're we're happy to uh be using that fantastic stuff. So, and it's made in Nebraska, guys. It's in here here in the US. Locally made stuff. It's not some big corporation who's just a bunch of fat cats sitting on stacks of money. It's uh it's a guy, just it's one dude. And probably a couple buddies. Maybe it's just one dude. I don't know if he has any backup, but it's just one dude trying to make a difference in your life, in your beard, on your face. We'll stop you from being a stinking link. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you'll be lumbersexual if you use his stuff. So, yeah, check it out, man. We're big fans of his uh, his product, and you should check some out for sure. And if you ever want a sample and you see me in public, come smell my face. <coughs> Yeah, that didn't sell it right there. <laughs> yeah, Annie. Yeah. Smells face. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks so much, Big Dolls, man. We appreciate you. And with that, guys, thanks for uh, droning on with this. This kind of went in some different directions that I really enjoyed. Andy, want to play a game it's called Hide the Souls. <laughs> <laughs> How's it hanging, Phil? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And then we talked for an hour about child's play. (laughs) Oh, sweet babies. It is almost 1.30 in the a.m. We should jump off here. But, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you all next time around. Laters. The cast that pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.
my god, this is fucking amazing. You scroll on your guys' group page and it's just nothing but sex bottom links. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, it's fucking good. 